had the craziest dream last night about a girl who was turned into a swan. But her prince falls for the wrong girl, and she kills herself. He promised to feature me more this season. Well, he should. You've been there long enough. And you're the most dedicated dancer in the company. Our new swan queen, the exquisite Nina Sayers. Oh, Lily, you're going to be amazing. I watch the way she moves. Sensual. She's not faking it. Seduces! Attack it! Attack it! Come on! Where'd you get these? It's nothing. You sweet girl. Feel my touch. Respond to it. So was hot for teacher. I don't want to talk about that. You really need to relax. It's the role, isn't it? It's all this pressure. I knew it'd be too much. I knew it. What's she doing here? He made me your alternate. The only person standing in your way is you. Show everyone. Welcome back to the show. Ooh, what an exciting trailer! This is a really. Good, I have, <laughs> thought, I have memories of this trailer. Is we'll it, talk this about a it horror later. movie in action. I don't know. Well, everybody out there listening, my name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay, concluding our uh, makeshift Oscar miniseries. A, a mini Oscar miniseries. We had yeah. my friend Harper Thompson on from the Hawkeyes podcast. Welcome onto the show. Hello. And we gathered here on this rainy L.A. day to watch Black Swan, directed by Darren Aronofsky, released December 3rd, 2010. Yes. Black Swan. What a time. What a time. (laughs) I remember I lost my goddamn mind over this movie when it came out. Sure. Like, I flipped for it. It it has a lot going on to flip for, I will say. Well, I, I... I loved it as well. Uh, I remember um, I, I, I would often refer to this movie as hipster showgirls. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe not hipster showgirls. Maybe like I mean, cerebral yeah. <laughs> I mean, Darren Aronofsky has kind of cited stuff like All About Eve as like a major inspiration for it, which makes total sense when you watch the movie. It's also, very, it just has that which classic. black and white showgirls. Yeah, which is black and white showgirls. But it has that very classic structure of the ingenue psychological and this kind of really digs deep into the psychological thriller aspect of it i'm excited to talk about this movie so i remember just kind of early memories of this movie Mm -hmm. i remember reading about this on imdb in like the late i think it was like late 2009 because i was just looking like what is darren aronofsky up to and i remember seeing he's doing a movie called black swan about Ballet dancers starring Natalie Portman. Yeah. And you didn't really know anything about it besides the IMDb page. And just bits and pieces of the trivia. I want to say that there was pieces of the trivia that roles were kind of conceived with Jennifer Connelly and Rachel Weiss. I don't know if any of that is true now. That might just be like an internet rumor started around the time yeah. the movie was being filmed. And then I moved to Los Angeles. 
at the job that I had with my friend Christine, I remember us watching the trailer on Apple trailers sure. for Black wow. Swan. And we were obsessed. We were so <laughs> excited for this movie to come out. Yeah. And I remember when it had its limited release, December, the weekend of December 3rd, 2010, we went to it on the Saturday at the Landmark Theater, RIP, Landmark really? Theater just down the street from where we're recording this episode. Oh. And it was like the entire city of Los Angeles was there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of the craziest parking structures I've ever seen in my life, driving into the Landmark. Yeah. The old, like, West Side Pavilion Mall and Pack Theater. I remember waiting for Christine at the elevator and up walks Anna Paquin and Stephen Moyer. Wow. Oh, sure. And they watched it with us in the theater. And I remember we walked in late. Like, we missed the opening dream sequence. What? Wow. Because... We were, were just, just gagging over. We were just waiting. <laughs> no, we were just waiting for just because the parking situation was so crazy. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So we we had to walk in late. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, Harper, right. do you remember when seeing well, this? You know what? I have very little memory of seeing this movie in the theater, but I know I did because um, my dad and I have recently done kind of like a a full like deep dive on like you know dates and theaters where we saw movies like yeah. you, you know, did and you've been doing a thing that i've been doing on my letterbox is logging theaters yes the, in your entries which mm-hmm. i've been doing i've been doing that for the past few months and it's a lot of fun he's copying yeah. you mm-hmm. yeah no i love it well it really i get it from my dad though because he's been doing that since 1996 and wow. i have a weird and i have a weird memory does he that, just have like a graph paper <laughs> basically it, it started on word perfect ah uh, I love it. <laughs> I love that. And I have a weird memory that I can pull stuff like that out mm-hmm. of my head, even though there's a lot of things from the past that I might not remember well. Seeing movies in theaters, I always remember where I saw them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's kind of like a sense memory of like the theater you were in. Yeah. I have that a lot with their specific theaters where like the yeah. Avco, which is also a, a theater that is no longer with us. Uh-huh. Um, that was in Westwood. And so every movie that I saw there, I like really remember being there. Sure. Um, but this one, I did, I do have a note that I saw it at the Landmark on December 3rd. Wow. So, so you would have probably <laughs> have been there the Friday night. Yeah. Uh, and I was there the Saturday matinee. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we were there in the same 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. This movie, yeah. And which is funny because I never go to the landmark. I would never go to the landmark. Well, you were, at the time. You were with, going with Chris because I would always, but I, we would always go to the ArcLight Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, did I see this with you? This was one of our first movie dates. I was going to say I clearly do not have the same sense memory of where I saw these. We movies saw this together because I could. You could tell me that we saw this. At Radio City Music Hall. No. Sitting next to, you know, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis themselves. And I would have been like, oh, yeah. So we met December. Wasn't that fun? So we met December uh-huh. 2010. Sure. We saw this in January of the next month. At the oh, Arc- 2011 at the Arclight Hollywood. Yeah. I saw this movie three times in the theater. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you so you took me to the Arclight Hollywood to see that. Was this where we saw Selena Gomez in the audience? No, we saw Selena Gomez at Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, there you go. Oh, I believe that about mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Arclight Hollywood. Okay, so I saw this at the Arclight Hollywood in the theater. Um, yeah, uh, I am not the biggest uh, Darren Aronofsky fan. That's not to say I don't like his movies, but uh, I'm not just like, let's go get sad. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't think that I've actually seen Oliver Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I saw The Whale. 
Yeah, we went which, to The Whale. I saw that. Which My, The Whale, it's a hard movie to like, I think, just by design. Mm-hmm. What's kind of fun about Black Swan is that it's just a little more fun. Yeah. And kind of limited, in, his, in his filmography. I was going to yeah. say, my limited Darren Aronofsky knowledge, I kind of understand that the whale is kind of like, okay, that's interesting. Tone-wise, it fits, but like the movie itself is kind of funny. Um, okay, so I like Natalie Portman a lot. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had liked her since The Professional. You, you know uh, we love beautiful girls. Although Even we did a movie we did a rewatch wild. of it about a year ago <laughs> that I think we've talked again. about, and maybe there's certain <laughs> elements of that story that maybe don't age so well, but at yeah. least the characters call it out. Okay, of how yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. weird it is. Sure, so sure. at least there's but, that. You know, because Natalie Portman was uh, a child actor, and she just has this face like she looked like a grown woman yeah. at 13 in the professional. Yeah. Wise beyond her years, beautiful face right and she's very good in those early movies and then you know star wars comes along Mm -hmm. and a lot of people this was this may have been their first introduction to natalie portman if they were not big movie people or whatever didn't see the professional a lot of her movies weren't the hugest and so i think a lot of people have this like oh natalie portman she's terrible those movies those star wars movies are so bad she's a bad actor and i'm like "Mm, i don't by that. Like, this is something I've actually been thinking about a lot in the last yeah, year because sure. we so we rewatched all the Star Wars movies as you do. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, this is there were some interesting choices made <laughs> in, in those prequels mm-hmm. especially." Yeah. Um but I also we rewatched V for Vendetta mm-hmm. and that's a movie that I remember very fondly but then watching it again her accent is so bad. Uh, she cannot oh, do sure. English. No. <laughs> is that one of the few movies where she does English? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think she does it very often. No, she did no. it in that one and it was you know, not, <laughs> not great. great. Um, but so I've just really been actually thinking about this a lot. Like, is Natalie is Portman a good, a good actor? actor? Well, also, I'm, I'm just, I can't tell. Yeah. Also, yeah. what's interesting about Natalie fair, Portman fair. is that uh, our, friend, our friends Millie and Danielle on their podcast talk about all the way up actors of that whenever they're in a movie, they're giving like – Yes. 10% on, 110%? 110% on everything. Yeah. And Natalie Portman is kind of one of those actresses that when she goes there in a movie, she usually goes big. Like, well, did you see yeah. Vox Lux? I sure did. And just how <laughs> crazy that performance Lux. is. Yeah, yeah. That kind of like tramples the entire movie of just how big she's going. Yeah. No, she definitely does. Yeah. Like, yeah, 11, all the time, I, I th- at an 11. I think that was my initial takeaway from this movie, was that her performance is very much like she is on the edge in every scene. Mm-hmm. In every scene, she is about to burst into tears, mm-hmm. and oftentimes she does. Um, and it's like, that's the character. I get it, you know? Um, the baby voice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The baby. I and think then, I read that Darren Aronofsky would kind of give her a hard time over the voice, too. But it seems like mm-hmm. that's such a... Cho- now, okay. She does have kind of a childlike voice mm-hmm. in other movies, right? But in this movie, it, it, seems, it seems like a choice. It seems like she's... She's putting it on She's putting it on very hard. And, you know, when you watch it, she, she's very much infantilized by her mother, mm-hmm. played by Barbara still, Hershey. Still treated like a little girl. You know? And so, uh, obviously, it is, a, it is a choice, and it's, it's part of this character that she decided. But when you're watching... And maybe it's a good decision, and maybe that's just how 
a good performance that we're just like, stop with the baby. <laughs> I well, now that we're talking about her like the baby voice and yeah. infantilized, I did not really remember how there. It's very. I don't really know the best way to put this other than like kind of vaguely pedophilic, but like <laughs> the the gaze, it's very male gaze, right, right. but yep. she's also like made to look like a child and she's treated like a child. Mm-hmm. Like she, mm-hmm. she seems like she's like 12 years old, but she looks 30. Right. Yeah. And she's yeah. wearing in that scene where I know, I, is it okay if we just jump Oh, it's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That scene Dive right in. Yep. where she is masturbating she wakes mm-hmm. up and so she's wearing the underwear that she's wearing are like yeah. very like you know preteen like, yeah like pink yeah yep. full back yeah yeah like and you know and her whole bedroom is mm. like very like a shrine to childhood you know stuffed animals everywhere very pink frilly you know yeah. and so this like this sexual gaze on mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. when she's dressed this way and when the room is styled this way made me very uncomfortable. oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> when she has that moment where she's just like, that's it with this bedroom. And she takes the stuffed animals to the garbage chute. Mm-hmm. It's comical yeah. how many stuffed animals yeah. she has. Her arm, it is like a <laughs> SNL sketch. Her arms are so filled. You can't even see her face. And she's shoving these stuffed animals in the garbage chute. And I'm just like, oh my, I laughed out loud. I was like, no, not that many yeah, stuffed animals. But no, but you're absolutely right. And the interesting thing is, you know, I think that they – that's kind of the tone of the mo- – or not the tone. The overarching kind of theme is that Winona Ryder is being pushed out because of her age, mm-hmm. you know. And in this dance world, this very specific, very insular yep. dance world, much like a lot of the arts or – Professional per- athletes. Performing arts. Gymnasts. Like that, yeah. You age out after a certain mm-hmm. time. I mean, Winona is – in her 40s at this point? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Maybe early 40s? Oh, I don't know. I think the character's supposed to supposed be like to early be. 40s because that's, they say that so-and-so danced. I was going to say that's was... geriatric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For ballerina. For ballet, yeah. And like you said, Natalie Portman does look 30 yeah. in this movie. She doesn't look 25. She doesn't look early 20. She looks 30. She looks her age. Yeah. She looks her age, which is fine. Great. You look your age. But for a ballerina, I think even that's pushing it, isn't it? I think that's kind of when you're like you're you're getting to your peak level, and then sure. you're gonna then say after that, yeah, after okay. that. you're gonna okay. be dancing those lead roles, and you better enjoy yes. it while you while you still have it. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I wonder though. I was reading that Darren Aronofsky first approached her about doing the movie mm-hmm. in like 2000. Sure. I think that they were just friendly, and they were talking about movies that they would like to do together. And I think that they just discussed we should do a movie set in. The world of dance. Yeah. In New York or something. So mm-hmm. I wonder if when he originally conceived of this or started having this idea that Natalie Portman was younger and it might have made sure. more sense with right. the other yep. actress. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mila, Mila Kunis to this day looks 15. So I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> that that I, works. I want to discuss Mila later. Yeah. But um, have you seen The Wrestler? I have not. So Darren Aronofsky, this is actually was the only one I had seen oh, of his until The Whale. Which I've I seen okay. also all saw. of Aronofsky's yeah. movies except Pie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of I'm the, with you. the I... film school favorite Pie. I have not seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I know that he kind of uh, got serious about doing Black Swan when he was doing The Wrestler because right. I think he wanted to make a companion piece to The Wrestler that it's kind of these 
weird stories about athletes and what they do to their bodies and also kind of high art being ballet and low art being professional wrestling or not even professional wrestling. Like Mickey Rourke's character is going to like just people's like garages and doing these shows. after Independent independent wrestling. Independent wrestling. So it's a whole world. He kind of wanted those two movies to like juxtapose each other with, uh, just kind of these similar themes, and I think it's pretty successful. You should, you should watch the wrestler. It's definitely not a movie that is. I mean, it's a hard watch, like all yeah. of his movies. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting to kind of double feature both of both the wrestler and Black Swan, just because there's there's a lot of themes and character beats that you see going on in both movies. So okay. yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought about trying to fit that in this week um, because I read, like, all that same stuff I read about that. But um, I prioritized some Oscar viewing this okay. week. Sure. <laughs> so we'll get to that later, We'll get too. to that later, yep. Yeah. Uh, quick sidebar. I just looked it up. Winona Ryder was 35 when she made this movie. Wow. She was wow. younger than me. Wow. She's, yeah, she's younger uh-huh. than you are now. Um, that's kind of amazing. Um, Her casting in this movie is very clever. Especially when you look at, um, she plays the dying swan in Swan Lake. And if you just sort of look at the evolution of actresses in Hollywood, Wyona Ryder was one of the hugest stars Mm -hmm. in the early 90s. Like, I mean, she was the most famous young actress in the world at that point. And it's kind of interesting of how they use her in this movie because she's the dying swan. She's the aging ballerina. And she's being replaced by somebody younger and prettier i would i hesitate to say prettier uh, i was gonna mention i love as she's walking into what is what is it in new york city where the all the the lincoln center yeah yeah i think yeah something like that (laughs) we're uncultured swine here in la (laughs) that shot of that shot of her walking into the lincoln center it's also i mean that's all that's how the wrestler is all that's mm. just how the wrestler looks mm-hmm. too. These handheld, so these handheld these shots. handheld shots. So mm-hmm. you right. s- Matthew Lee Batik. Yes. He I mean he is like, geez Louise, this yes. guy, does he get give himself a break? He needs to like sit down and have a cup of coffee or or tea. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is the hardest working man in show business. Yeah. Um I love the posters and at the beginning of the movie it's it's the Winona Ryder poster serving up this face. Mm-hmm. She just looks like so like <laughs> it is the craziest like resting bitch face. And Winona Ryder, beautiful woman, insane. And I think that Winona Ryder and Natalie Portman have very similar sure. features. Yeah. And it know? kind of, and it works just sort of the doppelganger theme yeah. of yes. this movie that you have three actresses that kind of look like each other. Yeah, I think Mila Kunis is the one kind of that is a little. She's to me, she has a little bit darker features. Her eyes are a lot lighter, but it works. But, but I think with with the the posters of of mm-hmm. Swan Lake at the very beginning, you see Winona, and then later on when you do see Natalie Portman, they kind of I don't know. It's the angle and it's the shot mm-hmm. um, that they use. It looks more like Winona. It looks like you're kind of like doing that double take. And you're right. Throughout the movie, we get this whole like doppelganger kind of like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, situation following her around and seeing herself, seeing which is an old theme of thrillers and noirs is kind of the mm-hmm. theme of doppelgangers that Aronof- Aronofsky really leans into. Mm-hmm. Like you my see, favorite Drew Barrymore movie. You see that in a lot of doppelganger. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on HBO Max. It's terrible. Watch it when you get a moment. Um, 
What is Mila Kunis's character's name? Lily. 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 Okay. So we have been okay. Let's move on to the Mila Kunis discussion. So we have been <laughs> we have been rewatching all of that '70s show. We started oh. our we started oh. our rewatch. Well, we're almost was, done with season one. It was brought on because we began that '90s show, mm-hmm. and it was. I watched one episode. Of Trash. That. We watched a handful of episodes, and we you were just one episode, and we were just like, "Well, why don't we just watch that '70s yeah. show? It's on Peacock." Mm-hmm. So we just started from the beginning. Not saying that like any of the that '70s show actors are delivering realism in their <laughs> in their yeah. acting, but I mean, it's definitely not yeah. the Disney Channel all, yeah. style that that '90s That's show a whole is. Other conversation. <laughs> but our takeaway is that Mila Kunis at 15 yeah. is just yeah. like she's charming she's she's a star she has that like, x factor yeah. you can tell that when she walked in the room even though this character was pro- jackie was probably written a little differently mm-hmm. in the original pilot that when you have that one walk into your audition yeah you just got to go with her because yeah. she has that star quality about her yeah yeah she's great um and in this movie it's just it's so it's i love that how her character is so polar opposite of mm-hmm. Nina because Nina is just so uptight. She's just got this whole little girl thing going on. And Lily comes in and she's just so like she's just free. She's just Even like, oh, from sorry. her first introduction when she walks in with the with the headphones. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, um I was reading that Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis were friends and sure. when they were uh kind of conceiving the movie, Natalie brought up Mila as kind of her uh, as the choice. best choice for yeah. Lily. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that probably of what I read about Jennifer Connelly and Rachel Weiss, it was probably more the Winona Ryder character. Sure. Of options mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that's really interesting to me about Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis in this movie is that um, around the same time, or maybe just after this, they were both in very similar movies. Um, <gasps> no strings right. attached. No strings attached and friends with benefits. Yeah. I remember that. Yes. Yep. And so, one thing that's kind of interesting to me is that. I think Friends with Benefits is a much more enjoyable <laughs> movie than No Strings Attached. So basically the premise is the same. It's like, you know, they're in a Friends with Benefits relationship mm-hmm. with someone and then it turns out that they should actually be romantically involved with that person. Right, and then that's right. how it ends up, happily ever after. And so Natalie Portman is with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis is with Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And so I think what's kind of interesting is that Mila Kunis has this very, like, fun energy about her, mm-hmm. and she has that in this movie as well. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what made Friends with the Benefits work sure. more than No Strings Attached, where Natalie Portman, I think, is playing, like, a kind of more serious, like, person, again, kind of, yeah. like, and she does in this movie. And, um, you know, and it it's a little bit of a drag in No Strings Attached. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we just watched No Strings Attached. I don't think we, we only watched, watched the one. I don't think we watched Friends with Benefits. Oh, we only watched the one. Check yeah, out Friends mm-hmm. with Benefits. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, and now that we're such huge Mila stands, we have to we have to go back. Uh, I was just thinking about like Natalie Portman doing comedy and like what her like comedy like chops are or whatever. And I'm like, when was the SNL, the SNL rap, the yeah, SNL rap. I yeah. think it was around the time Black Swan came out. I want to say it was. I want to say oh six. No, I want to. Mm-hmm. I think. I think when it was did she around go to 2010. Harvard? Hold on, <laughs> right? No, because this was the time that I, that I was going to Sardos with like all those fools doing like porn star karaoke and stuff, and 
that was it was one of those things you know it was dick yeah. in the box all that stuff yeah, and yeah. it's funny and you watch it and you're like this is great but then it just got so like over <laughs> kind of overplayed oh okay it was 2006 what's a day in the life of natalie portman white do you really want to know please tell us i don't see mother off that yak and that bourbon doing 120 getting who i'm swerving damn natalie you a crazy chick you shut the up and Spring of 2006, around the time V for Vendetta came out. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. really remember, uh, you know, damn, Natalie, you're a crazy chick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. It was Dick in a Box, and it was yeah. the the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, sure. Yeah. That, remember? Chronicles yeah. of Narnia was the first one. That was right? the first Sunday, one. Yeah. Yes, Lazy Sunday. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was out around that Sardis. That's why I remember is because I was like, that was years before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and is is that like is that Natalie's like only foray into <laughs> to comedy? Well, no strings attached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, which again, you said she's she's playing a little bit more of like the straight kind mm-hmm. of straight man character. In that. I mean, we mentioned Vox Lux earlier, but she's going sure. real broad with yeah, that yeah. Long Island accent in <laughs> Vox Lux too. So, yeah, yeah. like almost like she belongs in like the Bronx beat or something. So, <laughs> so what a weather. Um, so Mila's character, obviously, she's meant to, you know, juxtapose against uh, Nina and how, you know, kind of high-strung Nina is. And and Lily's just this, like, you know, free spirit. He's like, oh, why don't you go warm up? And she's like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she's that kind of, like, professional dancer, athlete. That smokes. Yeah. That you're sure. like, how? What? She probably <laughs> eats one food and smokes cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. And that's her diet yeah. for the week. It's that yeah. thing where you where where you find out that like that like Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston like are heavy smokers, and you're like, with this body, <laughs> like what? How does that make sense? But it's I don't know. That's just the kind of person that they are. And um, and if you're looking at IMDb, uh, the character names are given their their character name, and then also what they pertain true in. In the show. Uh, swan Lake. Sure. So M- Mila is the black swan and Nina is the swan queen. The swan queen. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, so, Scott, uh, in the prep for this episode, we watched the movie, obviously, mm-hmm. and you were like, you know, I don't know a lot about Swan Lake. And yeah. I'm thinking, okay, I kind of know the Nutcracker, but that's different. And I was like, oh, the the ballet, that's, that's where the... The bears are driving those little cars. Yeah. They wear the, mm-hmm. the fez. No, yep. that's not the belly. Um, <laughs> and, and Swan Lake, is, I know the music, obviously, because it's just part of, like, human culture at this point. Sure. You know? It's embedded in our brains. I know it from Todd Browning's Dracula, 1933. It's the score, essentially, to Dracula is, is Swan Lake. Um, but it's one of those things that's, like, maybe you've seen it. Maybe we've... I two was, of us have never so seen it. I was watching a few performances of it. I was watching the Kiev Ballet. They have a big one on YouTube. That's a really famous one that they filmed in 1990. Um, our friend Amber was tall, was telling us about the Matthew Bourne one on our Hedwig episode. Mm-hmm. And the big one, the big deal with that is that all of the dancers are are portrayed by men. 
Sure. And that's kind of like a really famous Swan Lake that is kind of the most unique update of it. Um, I was trying to... The most important one, which was Harper's suggestion, which was Barbie Swan Lake. Yep, Barbie Swan Lake. (laughs) Which I Mm -hmm. think um, the guy that plays the prince in this one, who's actually Natalie Portman's husband, uh, Benjamin Milpied, he's credited in Barbie Swan Lake as well. (gasps) Well, he's a dancer, too. And they used... So you think he did the motion capture for... When you read about Barbie Swan Lake, they had actual dancers do all of that, and they they did the animation over it. So they sort of rotoscoped it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it looks kind of... Well, not rotoscope, but I mean motion capture just in the suits. So, okay. Did Natalie Portman and her husband meet on this movie? I don't know, but I would probably guess that they did. So I did... He's... Not only is he a dancer, he's a pretty prolific dancer. I looked up his Wikipedia page. He uh, was born in 77. He's my age. And he's French. And he went straight to the New York City ballet whatever in 1995 which means he was 18 maybe mm-hmm. and was just like i'm leaving my you know i mean provincial town I mean, in france and going straight right. to the new york mm-hmm. city ballet at 18 years old and at this point in um his career uh for uh when black swan was produced he was in his early 30s late 20s um late 20s it was 2000 wait what year is it it would have been shot in 2009. 2009. Okay. Early 30s. Um, and so he had already been quite the, you know, seasoned uh, dancer at this point. It looked like he was mentored by Jerome Robbins. Like personally mentored by Jerome Robbins. Wow. Yeah. Who choreographed West Side Story. Story. Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of a big deal. Like mm-hmm. this, it seems like, we, you know, the average lay person were like, oh, Benjamin like we don't know who he is but he's like a big deal in the new york and in, in the dancing scene like period um and i mean to snag natalie portman hey that seems like a good, <laughs> good yeah um so i was trying to get a good feeling of the story of right. swan lake oh, just geez. kind of going through all of these all of these film productions of it but just kind of by and large the scenario Initially in two acts was fashioned from a Russian and German folktale and tells the story of Odette, a princess turned into a swan by an evil sorcerer's curse. That's kind of like okay. you sound, you you just sounded like vivacious describing the plot of Game of Thrones. I mean that uh, is taken right from uh, RuPaul's Drag page. Race when she had never never seen an episode. <laughs> well, of her I mean life. if you get to the ending of Game of Thrones, she's not wrong. So <laughs> you're gonna have, you're gonna have to put in a clip of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah. So I was kind of watching various productions. I, I mean, it's a hard story to follow if you're just sort of of I'm gonna I'm gonna watch a little bit of Swan Lake mm-hmm. just <laughs> to try to get a good feel of the story. It's like clearly this is something that you have to see on stage from beginning to end right. to fully grasp all of it. But um, I looked up all of the major numbers and I watched kind of the major scenes of the movie. I watched whatever. Um, film production that was that scene on stage. So, like, the scene where he drops her. I think that's going into, like, the last act of the movie and then kind of the last big the last big scene mm-hmm. where the swan dies. I watched that one, too. So, I'm by no means an expert, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that listeners will write in, kind of, yeah. with the more in-depth <laughs> analysis of the story of Swan Lake. 
Yeah, I'm like only, you know, very surface level on Swan Lake too yeah. because I did do dance when I was a kid. Mm. Um, from the ages of two to 13. And then wow. I stopped okay. as, as you do when you're 13. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and I mostly did jazz during that time. Oh, okay. So but. I, reg- I was in dance when I was a kid and I regret to this day stopping when I was in junior high. Yeah. I should have kept it up. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that way. I, I, I feel that way too sometimes. Um, but also, you know, when you see their toes, uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's, and, and that's a thing about this and kind of all of Darren's movies is the that body horror, the body horror, right? When she is in the bathroom scrubbing her hands and the skin is coming off her fingers <laughs> to this day, I knew it was to this coming. Day, I knew it, it was coming and I was like, cringe. No! And I also have dry hands, so I have to deal with cracked you know, and dishpan hands. Di- I told, I told yeah. myself last, I was like, I'm going to watch. I'm not going to turn away. I'm going to watch. It's just a movie. It's not real hand. Yeah. I'm going to watch. I think it, it probably gets me more now than it did. <laughs> and her and her it. toes and the toenail mm-hmm. when she like kind of breaks. Yeah. Um, I want to talk. We'll talk about the you know the 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 horrors of what happens to your body when you are are a professional dancer, especially a ballerina. I do love this the all of the kind of introduction or kind of explanation of 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 these these girls and these women and what they you know what they have to do to like get this performance and what they do to the the um the ballet shoes and all mm-hmm. that it's so interesting when you're just like why don't they just sell ballet shoes that are already broken in because <laughs> they're doing things like taking out the insole and right. like sewing them up mm-hmm. tighter yeah it's very involved yeah and like cutting up the soles so they have more grip and mm-hmm. things like that I'm just like, why don't they just make the sole more grippy? <laughs> why don't they just sell them without an insole so you don't have to rip it out? <laughs> because of thousands of years of tradition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, another thing that I was looking up, leg warmers, mm. they do nothing. They do, no- it's, they do nothing. It's, it's not the, it's partly for style, but I was looking it up. And it's a thing where it's like, you know, supposedly they like, war- you know, they keep your muscles a little bit warmer that are when you're um, getting ready, when you prepare warming up Mm -hmm. and they keep them warmer so that when you're performing, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's not really a thing. Like it's not really proven that they do help at all. It's like the, that tape that like, that like athletes wear now Mm -hmm. that looks really cool. Just like the crazy tape that you see like divers or you see like mm-hmm. basketball players wear that tape. And it's like – it's a thing in sports therapy. But it's also one of those things that it's it's kind of like, mm, it helps, but – It's kind of like cupping. It's kind of like cupping. Yep. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I was looking at – what were we watching? What was that What was that dance – 80s dance movie where she was like trying to keep that building from getting sold? Oh. That movie was amazing. Burlesque. No. <laughs> It was on TCM Underground. It was on TCM Underground. It was an 80s movie, and it was crazy. But I, I did a deep dive on leg warmers because I was like, mm-hmm. leg warmers are so interesting. And it's a thing that it's just kind of like folk yeah. medicine kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, watching these girls put, you know, not just their shoes through the test, but just their entire bodies and, like, mm-hmm. you know, having to – Lily throws up a lot in this movie. Mm. Yeah, and is it mm-hmm. nerves? Is it not nerves? No, is it on it's purpose? so that she stays ninety pounds. <laughs> yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I was reading about how so they both um, 
Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis did like extensive training right. before um, for like, you know, six months. And um, Mila Kunis, it said that she's normally 117 pounds, oh but God. she lost 20 so she, pounds. She's, 20. A, she's a teeny girl yeah. and she God. went even skinnier. Yeah. And as with Natalie. Well, because Mila, yeah. I mm-hmm. think, is like. Five two, five three, probably. Yeah, she's a little, but, yeah, still, but still, even being like a, a full adult yeah, woman who's yeah. under a hundred pounds, that's yeah. like scary. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, all that stuff was very like it's intriguing, and as somebody that's an outsider looking in, you're just like, oh man, like the things that these girls put themselves through, and you know, that's another thing when when Lily does take Nina out to their night of partying. Mm-hmm. And she orders a burger. She orders a cheeseburger. <laughs> you would think that she's you would. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, she's so. How bad. is that cheeseburger in the ecstasy gonna settle in her <laughs> stomach know, later in the night? Yep. That's my big concern. It's like Natalie Portman has clearly Nina has never done drugs before, mm-hmm. and yeah. so this is like her first time, and she's got this little body with mm-hmm. no body fat to like absorb anything, yeah. and she's taking what this is whole she eating today? Absolute ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no food, no body yeah. fat. Yeah. Quickly going back to that dancer movie is called heavenly bodies heavenly bodies it is wild um okay vincent cassell uh okay so toma credited as the gentleman too okay for the swan lake characters in the the swan lake interesting okay my question was watching this movie how does one become a ballet director well I just assume that it was the natural progression of if you were a dancer and you just sort of go into choreography and direction. I, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense to me. So yeah. he must have been a dancer sure. first. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's it's like the whole, you know, you, you see like, I mean, no shade, but you see like Abby Lee Miller and you're just like, how is she, how is she choreographing? <laughs> how is she? Can she do it? Is she doing the dance to show these girls how to do it? I don't know. She's in that rascal. Um, but it, yeah, you're right. And Vincent Cassell does physically. He looks like he could have. You know, he mm-hmm. could have come from the dance world. His body is very like tall and thin and all that. Um, it's you know, it's one of those things when you watch it. He's sexually harassing her. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it is it a situation where you can say like? No, you can't say these things to me. Or is it just like this is this is the theater? This, this is, is Broadway. The, this is the bullshit we Broadway, just have to put up ballet. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just you know, in the instance of this movie, you're just like, okay, she just kind of feels like she really runs this role, so she's got to go along with it. But it's very, um, yeah, it's a it's a crazy role. It's a crazy performance. Um, he's he's really good in it, though. I would imagine that he probably got close to that Oscar nomination. Oh, okay. So I think he got pretty close to supporting actor. I'm pretty positive that Mila probably finished sixth in that race because she got the SAG nomination in the Globe. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, So I think she probably got pretty close. But Vincent, I think, was also pretty up there. I mean, also, I think any of the really famous scenes of this movie, it's when he's directing. Yeah. It's all all of that. Yeah. Of whenever you would see this movie parodied at the time. It's all of... Those scenes where he's directing, where he's directing the dancers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Okay. I just have in my notes. Yeah. I wrote. I wrote gross. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So many scenes there. Yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah. just everything that he says. You're just like you can't be saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's so different that. to watch it now as opposed to 2010. Even though I'm sure because oh, yeah. I mean there, that's that's workplace harassment and yeah. you know yes. which is a thing. I mean a lot has changed since then. We too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know it's just um, it, it would not fly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of workplace harassment, that was another question that I had for Scott as we're watching it. I'm just like, do they get paid? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from everything that I've... She, she clocking in? <laughs> from everything that I've read about professional dancers like this, I think it's pretty bare minimum. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um, we should talk about... You brought it up. We should talk about... Harper, we should talk about Natalie Portman's dance preparation for this movie right. and the like urban legends i guess that have, have come to you know pass about how much of well, natalie is in the movie i don't even how much think of it's it is. even urban legends because when you look right, at the effects right. reel on well the at the Blu-ray, time it was and they yep. kept it quiet probably until around after the like academy award nominations were were announced and this you know the her dance double mm-hmm. essentially came out and was like so the dance Hi. double so the dance double is I'm, named sarah lane mm-hmm. and she worked on black swan and she did a blog entry for dance magazine mm-hmm. at the time and she's uh she's at she's she kind of says do people really believe that it takes one year to to make right. it to be a ballerina yeah. we know that natalie portman studied ballet as a kid and had a year of intensive training for the film but that doesn't add to being a ballerina. However, it seems that many people believe that Portman did her own dancing on Black Swan. So I think that she was just directly addressing yeah. all of those scenes. Because up until mm-hmm. that statement, the narrative was Natalie Portman learned the dances, and that's her in the movie. And when you watch it, it's pretty seamless. Yeah. yeah. Although a lot of the the heavier, intense, intensive dance performances, there's a lot of very fast frenetic movement and so it's like they could easily just like drop her face in there you know so was it like just face replacement head replacement things like that i mean i think it's the big performance at the end that there was probably the most double work done for and also the opening like before the opening credits there's Mm -hmm. a really Mm -hmm. intense dance scene yeah i think i read that um waist up is natalie portman and waist down is anything clearly that's like a medium a medium shot of natalie that's very interesting Mm -hmm. okay yeah. And they're okay. Wow. I guess yeah. The the your feet and your legs would be something that would take a lot more discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could learn to do that like whole uh, pirouette thing where your your head is always facing in the window. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a name? A spotting. A spotting. Yeah. yeah. I love. Oh, that. very good. When you see it in person, yeah. it's crazy. Because yeah. <laughs> you don't think as a as a lay person you don't think about it. And I remember having a job. Um, uh, in college, just working at like a store in the mall, and a girl was a cheerleader, mm-hmm. and she was in um, cheer and uh, what do you call it? The other one that's more dancey. Spirit. Yeah, that one. Dance squad. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and she was like, "Oh, we're you know we're getting ready to go to this competition, whatever." And we're just like after closing, we're like, "Oh, do do your little thing, Robin." And she did, and we were like, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> Because she did the spotting thing where she did these little pirouettes and just kept her face on us. And we were like, that's crazy. And you don't think about – you see it performed and you're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how a pirouette's done. But if I'm going to stand up right here, 
and do it. Hail to the no. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. I was never very good at it. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's very hard, but it's the only thing that keeps you from, you know, vomiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, sure. Okay. It helps mm-hmm. with the, yeah. if you, the spins. You, yeah, okay. So your body is spinning. And so then you whip your head around yeah. really quickly faster than the rest of your body so that you're only focused on one point Got and it. you're not like perceiving everything going around, you know what sure. I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, who's very good at it? Linda Carter. Well, when you watch the old Wonder Woman, she's Wonder Woman, yeah. The transformation. Yeah, yeah. And she and again, you don't notice it until Deborah Winger comes in in season three as mm-hmm. like Wonder Girl, who does not sure. have dance training. Yep. And she does her little spin and is like falling over every time. <laughs> <laughs> and then Linda Carter comes in and does her spin and it's like boom, on point, perfect dance training. Um so, yeah, maybe it, after a year of training, Natalie Portman was able to do that. But maybe they did judge that up a little bit yeah. <laughs> in post. Have you ever seen the effects reel of this movie? I have not. It's kind of interesting that when you look at this movie, you don't think this is heavy on visual effects. But there's the reel that they had that I think that they would give to effects guilds at the time that kind of yeah. pointed out all of the effect work. And it's all throughout the movie. It's just sort of taking scuffs out out on the floor, mm. um, erasing the backgrounds. I think a big thing was the cameras in the mirrors, too, yeah, that they had to take so out. Yeah, there's so many mm-hmm. mirrors in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, there's also, the like, the, her skin. Like, yeah. the- Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember that shot in the trailer when it was out of her... Her chicken skin. Yeah. <laughs> of the chicken skin on and her shoulders. taking out that, like... That little feather piece. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, the, all the body stuff really stresses mm-hmm. me out. But, um, no, but, I mean, I did think that is really impressive in the eyes, too, at the oh, end yeah, when sure. her eyes go full red swan. Yeah. yeah. But, and kind of when looking back on it, it's like, well, yeah, clearly she has a double. It's <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. like She's Hollywood so actors have doubles all the time. Do you yeah. think, like, uh, Elizabeth Berkley, I'm sure, had a dance double? For showgirls, like even though she she definitely like worked her ass off for for that movie, but I'm sure that they had to bring in someone else Mm -hmm. for certain scenes of that movie. So yeah, it's it's always been a thing in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. and it does kind of suck. And I feel like this sort of thing might be handled differently now. Yeah, that they might encourage Natalie to talk about her a little more in press to kind of give her credit. Yeah, or do some mm-hmm. like social media work, yeah. like right. photos of me with my double. Yeah, oh, yeah. My gosh, best yeah. Like I think that they could they could spin it now and yeah. it would be positive. But stuff like that, I think, was just hard to talk about around the time that they made this movie to kind yeah. of keep the illusion that it was all Natalie. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, body doubles have always it's like a long saga. I and I think I've talked about this before. I'll never forget. I'm pretty sure it was on Oprah that. Catherine Bell, she was on like Jag or something like that. She's like an actress now. But she was Isabella Rossellini's body double in Death Becomes Her. Did she also do work for um, Julia in Pretty Woman? I think she might. Because I know that a lot of the cutaways of Julia in Pretty Woman are someone else. And she, you know, she was just fighting to get credit because even in in the credits of the movie, she's in there, but it said like. Her point was that it said Liesel's body double, not Isabella Rossellini's mm. body double. So as you're watching it, you're just like, who's that? I don't even know who that is. So you don't even mm-hmm. think about it. So she's like, credit me to be the actress's double and not the character so people kind of know sure. what work I did. Because if you don't know the character name, then you're just like, okay, she could have been anybody. Um, so, yeah, it's a long saga of of, of getting credit where, where credit's due. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I wonder if it should be like in its own separate section, kind of like stunt actors. Mm-hmm. You know, after sure. the full cast, it's like then also like double work by. Yeah, you know. and also yeah. in all, then most major actors have a regular stand-in that they work with mm-hmm. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they find that person that looks really. Reese Witherspoon's stand-in looks exactly like her. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that just makes me think of um, Only Murders in the Building when, is it Jane Lynch is like Steve Martin's uh, body double? <laughs> that's funny. We actually haven't seen that show, but that's really oh, funny. Well, I know it's about spoilers, podcasting. Yes, it is about podcasting. <laughs> yes, very relevant. But I'm going to give Natalie credit that she did win the act. She, she did win the Oscar that mm-hmm. I think a lot of when this performance is really effective, it's all of her reactions, especially at the end. In, like, the last 10 minutes of the movie, when she realizes sure. that uh, Mila Kunis isn't dead. She didn't die. She that, didn't die. That cutaway to Natalie Portman always kind of gets me. Like when she yeah. opens the shower or the bathroom yep. door there's and, no there's, and there's nothing there. there yeah. And you kind of just get this realization of, oh, I am off the edge. I Gag. am cray. Gag. Yeah. Gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think it seems like that that really added to this performance. Yeah. And brought it to that next level. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first thing I said when the when the movie ended and the credits rolled? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and what I think is interesting now about the legacy of this movie is I think it's kind of appreciated a little more now as a horror movie than it was back in 2010. Because mm-hmm. I don't really remember a lot of discussions of going into Black Swan as a horror movie. Right. Yeah. I think it was more mm-hmm. like a psychological drama and they probably wanted to keep it that way with awards discussion because oscar voters don't really like to vote for horror movies for best picture and this got a lot of nominations it got into best director best picture it made a lot of money at the time Mm -hmm. i think it's still fox searchlight's highest grossing movie that they've ever made and yeah they they leaned into the psychological aspect going into it but um i think you can still watch it in the month of october yeah, it, it's I still a so. it's still a fun spooky movie, mm-hmm. and I think it works either way. Is Nina going crazy, or is all of this actually happening? Like, I think it kind of works either in either direction. Yeah, I yeah, I what, what I like about the end is that like by the end you realize that she's you know that she's done this to herself. Yeah, and that. At least some of the things that were happening, she was perceiving incorrectly. But you still right. don't know at the end, like how much was wrong, how how much she was getting, in, how much she was getting wrong, and how much was right. Like right. how much of a threat was Mila Kunis to her actually? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. because you see it happening at the beginning with Winona Ryder's character, but they also go out of their way to show that she's like she was very drunk. That maybe she has like a drinking problem. You know, so. And Nina does not have that issue, but, you know, she's kind of going down that same path. Um, Are any of you familiar with the discourse about Black Swan and the 1997 anime film Perfect Blue? I did see it on the controversy tab. Oh, (laughs) and I know that there's another another movie. I never checked that. And there's another movie that I think that Darren sort of lifted story elements. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, no, I'm saying he used perfect blue scenes oh, okay. in sure. Wrecking for a Dream and in this movie. Mm-hmm. There there are some there are some scenes and shots from uh, this What's movie. What's the anime about? 
that uh, a pop singer gives up her career to become an actress, but she slowly goes insane when she starts being stalked by an obsessive fan. And okay, I do remember this. Yeah, what seems to be a ghost of her past. I know it makes me want to watch that one. No, yeah, uh, and they do have uh, it is at Videotech in South Pasadena, Scott. Um, but there are scenes that are lifted, kind of you know, directly from it. And I think a lot of it is the the doppelganger kind of uh, mm-hmm. storyline. And I guess the scene where Nina's in the bathtub and like her double like leans over. Oh, and sure. Directly okay. In there. Um, and I think another bathtub scene in Rookin' for a Dream kind of does this, a similar thing. I was thinking that um, of a unproduced screenplay that when he was in uh, performing art school, Mm-hmm. Or something. It was called the understudy. Oh, okay. And there's elements of that okay. script that are kind of reworked in this movie. Okay. Um, but I guess the story goes that Aronofsky purchased the remake rights to Perfect oh. Blue specifically oh. so he could use scenes in in his movies. So I don't think he has an intention of making a live action version of it. But I mean, owning the rights gives him the good that he can own it. So he gives him the opportunity, to yeah, to do a- this anything in any legal and not get sued. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. because he's like, hey, here it is. Um, but yeah, none of the three of us have seen it, so we can't comment directly on it. But you can look it up; it's in the controversy tab <laughs> on IMDb. Do you remember a lot uh, being discussed about the? Uh, the erotic tension between Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman. Oh, like in the market, uh, real life people. I mean, I mean, I, or the characters, just kind the of the the scenes of the movie in the uh, cab. Yeah. Yep. Well, the thing that I really remember about the like the sexual stuff between them in this movie is that Blue Valentine, I believe, came out at the same time yeah. and got an NC seventeen rating. Because and when you watch Blue Valentine, well, also when you watch <laughs> when you watch Blue Valentine, yeah. it's. Yeah. I don't really get NC-17 from that movie. When you actually watch oh. it in its full length, and mm-hmm. you could say that Black Swan is, if not being more graphic, graphic, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think there was something about how, like, um, it was, there was, like, kind of a double standard about, like, a right. man giving yep. oral pleasure to a woman right. versus, mm-hmm. like, two women. Or it's not even really two women because she's, like, it's not really happening. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I think there was some that, – that's the big conversation I remember. Sure, I remember that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I kind of, I don't know if I just hadn't been following anything, but I do remember watching this movie in the theater and being like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> That's where this is going. This is a lot. Not, uh, not family fair. <laughs> don't watch this movie with your mom. I definitely or went two. to see it with my dad, and I also went to see Blue Valentine with my dad. <laughs> oh, I'm geez. so sure of it. <laughs> It was 2010. Oh high school. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never forget it. <laughs> it, was def- it was definitely a time at the at the arc light and the landmark for these mm-hmm. type of. Oh, that's yeah. what's also interesting about when this movie came out is that just kind of the Oscar movies at the time made money. Right. You never. I mean, I guess maybe this year may not be the case, just with movies like Avatar, Avatar. and Top Gun, mm-hmm. but the. Art how the mainstream art house Oscar movies made decent cash in their in their theatrical runs. Yeah, I think 
I mean, there's so much has changed about film distribution yes. mm-hmm. since then. You know, like so many things just go straight to a streamer yep. now instead of actually going. Or if they go to in theaters at all, it's only like a limited run to qualify for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So no one actually – so they don't publicize it enough and no one gets a chance to see it. And it's only playing at the new art. You know? Yeah, and I, and I mean this would have been – Kind of in around 50 theaters when it opened mm-hmm. December 3rd. And then I think come Christmas, it was pretty wide. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. like such, you know, a better distribution than I'm sure a lot of movies that are nominated this year got. Well, also, this movie is done by Fox, Fox Searchlight. And mm-hmm. Fox Searchlight, now it's just Searchlight. It's and it's a very pictures. weird time because now if you made Black Swan with this studio, it would probably just be put on Hulu. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Search, Searchlight Pictures did um, Nomadland uh, last year, oh, which okay, got a bit of a okay. run, but yeah. not, you know, yeah, not to the same extent as Black Swan would have. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there are two MCU actors in this. Sebastian Stan. <laughs> yes. As, uh, is he, is Jerry. he Jerry? Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> the Winter Soldier. Andrew. <laughs> uh, so I definitely remember Sebastian Stan from this time. That I, I recognized him just from certain things because I remember he's in a brief scene in Rachel Getting Married. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Anne Hathaway when they're sitting outside of rehab when she's going out to go visit her sister. And I remember just thinking like, oh, he is really interesting looking. Yeah. Like he's he's very handsome. Mm-hmm. And and then he came back for this movie, and then he was later the Mad Hatter in Once Upon a Time. <laughs> if you yes, watch Once was. Upon a Time, I, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I remember him. I think the first time I remember clocking him was in a um, limited series on maybe USA called Political Animals with Sigourney uh, Weaver. Uh, he yes. played he played her gay son, yes, right? He played yep. the, the mm-hmm. tragic gay son. Oh. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think that think that he was on my radar at all. It was just like, oh, he's that. Is Natalie Portman just the other? Um, is she the other MCU actor? Yeah, she's actor? Thor. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's, <laughs> she's Lady Thor. <laughs> she's Lady Thor. She's I remember Jane. at the time it was really fun to see Barbara Hershey in this movie. Yes, that I don't think that she had really worked a lot in the two thousand, so it was fun to see her play the character. She's credited as the uh, queen. The queen. Yep. I mm-hmm. thought she was great in this. She's very spooky. Back to nominate yeah. her, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just in certain scenes where they kind of, she's wandering through the apartment and she'll just be sitting in a chair, just not yeah. doing Her <laughs> creepy like, ah! wall, her creepy wall of the her of, paintings. Of her paintings yeah. of her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. spooky. And also the um, that cake scene when she gets oh the cake my as God. a celebration uh, yeah. then she's going to throw it in the trash. Well, then it's oh. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's so but also, Barbara Hershey, that cake is huge. I know. You couldn't have gotten like a For cupcake. For the two of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one cupcake to share. To split. <laughs> um, but yeah, Barbara Hershey comeback because it was this and then later Insidious. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, Insidious yeah. in uh, spring of 2011. Nine. Yep. Yeah, 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're right. MCU. Going back to Natalie Portman, <laughs> yeah. is she a good actor? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Because when you watch her scenes, I think especially in the dark world, you can tell she does not really want to be there (laughs) that she is saying her lines she showed up and i want my check oh god yeah well i mean so like how much of that for me then i'm thinking like how much of this is natalie portman how much of this is that they did not they wrote a horrible character that yeah i'm sure it's the script jane's jane's a weird character and i know for the dark world that she was really supporting 
Patty Jenkins directing it, and then it didn't work out. She oh. wanted to back out, and I think she was just obligated to be in the movie from yeah, a contract, right. and that's yeah. probably lends to her performance just kind of feeling phoned in. Yeah, even in Love and Thunder, though, mm-hmm. which I thought was better, much better than Dark World. Yeah, um, I just still don't know if I totally bought what was going on with Jane in that right. movie. Right, sure, right. So anyway, just food for thought. <laughs> no, abs- absolutely, and you know, she she, w- she ultimately wins Best Actress. For Very this, strong for this Best role. Actress here, as I remember. Who else was yeah, it was uh, Natalie Michelle Williams for Blue Valentine, Nicole Kidman. So- uh, rabbit hole, one of rabbit kind of hole. her greatest performance, in my opinion. Annette Benning, she was the one that got it for the kids are all right. Okay, and I am missing one more. Jennifer Lawrence for Winter's Bone. She oh. was kind of the Bone. that was a strong year. That, it's a pretty strong year. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence's first nomination was lead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. Winter's Bone. Good for mm-hmm. her. It was a it was a big art house deal at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I I remember seeing that. That was that was also like hard a hard watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the what was the consensus about Natalie winning? So I remember following the conversation that I think that it was her, it was in the bag when that trailer came out. Of <laughs> I think the discussion was sure. oh she's winning as okay. soon as that trailer dropped fall of 2010. Okay. Yeah, I know I, at the time, would have been rooting for Michelle Williams because sure. Blue Valentine mm-hmm. was, like, a huge movie for me. A very sure. high school Harper, like, you know, <laughs> like, I, I got a ukulele after seeing that movie. You know? <laughs> that, was, that was a big one for me. Okay. Yeah. Remember, there was a big discussion with the kids are all right of do both Julianne and mm-hmm. Annette make it in. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it was just Annette. Yeah, I, that's also a great movie. Mm-hmm. That's such a good year. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about about all the competition. Um, so, what do you think that it was? That looking back, do you think that people feel like it's deserved? Do you think people are just like, oh yeah? I think it's pretty. Natalie Portman has I best think actress. It's pretty. We I think it. it's pretty deserved. Yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of reflecting yeah. back on it, yeah. I think it kind of has to be Natalie's win. Yeah, I do still have those thoughts when i'm watching this movie of that she is just on the verge of tears the entire time and again that's the character but Mm -hmm. it's a lot it's a lot when you're watching it and she's just like even when she's just like walking from the subway to lincoln center she's still just like (gasps) (laughs) i love that shot of it's the big doppelganger shot of the movie of when Uh, she's uh which one it's when she first sees she thinks that she sees lily on the subway uh, no, she's walking outside. Oh, okay. I think the, that like there's uh, like construction yeah. there's the construction covering. Yeah. Uh, there's the construction tunnel covering, mm-hmm. and you think it's Mila Kunis, and then when she walks right by her, it's Natalie. Yeah, I think and that shot is. I think that scene is really well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the first time she sees someone on the train that she thinks is herself, but then she gets off, and then later on you hear Lily say like, "I got off on the wrong stop, mm-hmm. and I had to like run all the way over here." Um, we love the one featured extra. Well, she's not a featured extra. She has lines. Oh, the, the one dancer. really bitchy dancer. I love her. She's <laughs> oh, my favorite character of the movie. She was <laughs> on TV so much during that time. Oh, okay. I really remember she was like, she might have been in a show called like Warehouse 13. Okay, sure. Um, or like The Lost Girl. She was on some kind of like sci-fi. Sure, um, yeah. Kind of like a, a like queer sci-fi show that was on <laughs> in 2010. The um, librarians. Something yeah, like something that. like that. Um, 
I was really Ksenia Solo. Ksenia yeah. Solo. Ksenia Solo. That's mm-hmm. she, is she is she like Russian or Ukrainian or something? I've worked with Ksenias before, and they're from. Uh, she's from town. Canada, but she probably has Canada has a large Russian immigrant mm-hmm. population. I mean, speaking <laughs> of, I mean, Mila Kunis is from the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I want to say just Ukraine. Just just Ukraine. <laughs> it's, no longer, it's no longer the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drop the... Yeah, yeah. Her story is so interesting of Mila? when she got sure. started acting of that she is the daughter of immigrant parents. They moved to West Hollywood and West Hollywood has a big mm-hmm. Eastern European, European, Ukraine or Russian mm-hmm. population. And when she was a little girl, she's just like, I want to act. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want to be in commercials. And she did... A lot of commercials as a kid. She's in a big Barbie commercial that you always oh. see as like reels of stars before they were famous. And yeah, I mean, they made it work. They were a very just kind of uh, struggling immigrant family. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she ended up being a very successful actress. Yeah, I mean, and she mm-hmm. lied about her age. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She was 14 and said she was 18. That's, That's so wild to amazing. me. <laughs> It's incredible. She there are scenes of season one where she looks really young. She, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I you can she can thank that face, but you know the talent does come in, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that's what that's why her career has the longevity that it, that it has. Because we never she watched can that, back it up. We never watched that Netflix movie that she did last year. Oh, I never watched that either. I yeah. heard it was good though. What yeah. is it? Uh, like the perfect luckiest girl thing <laughs> alive. Um, woman. Oh man, I don't even remember. I'll have to look that. Yes, yeah, it's got like a that. Netflix name. Yeah, <laughs> something about Netflix. Movies, One of those man. weird Netflix movies that uh, people are talking about at the opening weekend, and then it just sort of ceases to yeah. exist. Luckiest girl alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah, there you go. Um, we love I, Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I was talking about how, um, oh, we were, uh, Jonathan and I were talking about if Mila Kunis had been in a Marvel and I was like, no, but mm. she was in Jupiter Ascending, which is much better than any Marvel <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's got more like story. It's got more like imagination. It's got everything. Like, come it's on. It's got Eddie Redmayne. Got- <laughs> Eddie Redmayne is Ooh. doing the most. The doing most. The most. <laughs> Jupiter ascending, <laughs> we love it. It's got the Russian clumps, her like her crazy family <laughs> sitting around that sitting around the dinner table. Speaking <laughs> of Jonathan, he will be very upset if I don't bring up his one point about mm. um, Black Swan. He okay. watched it with me. He also watched we rewatched Annihilation earlier this week. Oh, okay. And so he was drawing the parallel. Between Alex the two Garland, movies. yes, yep. Alex Garland's mm-hmm. Annihilation, mm-hmm. Um, because it's also a movie where Natalie Portman is like. Um, you know what's 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 real and what's not real around sure. her, and then by the end there is a double of her as well in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay, yeah, he was really going off about it. So <laughs> I just needed to share that. You know, Natalie Portman had that run around that time, Annihilation, and then uh, Lucy in the Sky. Sure, and oh, yeah, I was astronaut. yeah, and we I don't like to talk about Lucy in the Sky, and that's the thing. Yep. I saw the trailer and I was just like, "That looks cool. I'd watch that." And then Scott was I like, remember, no, "I remember how long it, I remember how long it took me to figure out who it was based on." Mm-hmm. That I'm just like, oh, the astronaut lady it's that the, drove with the diaper, the diaper on. Yep, across the country. I didn't know that for the longest time either. Originally conceived like, for Reese Witherspoon. Oh, okay. Okay. she ended up just producing the movie. Sure, mm-hmm. and it's bad, yeah. right? It's not it's that not good. good? Okay. <laughs> That's what I heard. I haven't seen it. Yeah, we yeah, we haven't watched it. But um yeah, but it's 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 that thing with with 
Natalie and her some of the choices that she makes every now and then I'm just like, yes, gung ho. And then you're just like, oh, never mind. I really enjoyed her and Jackie. <laughs> I was just about think to think she's say, really good I in Jackie. She was good in that. Yeah. I did think that she good. really nails the voice. Well, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's when you that's the takeaway. When you watch like, the side by sides <gasps> of the White House tour, it's it's yeah. it's pretty incredible of how much work she put into that voice. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's something again, like with her her vocal work in Black Swan. It's it's part of her natural delivery is just that very soft spoken, you know, voice. And um it's definitely not easy doing mm-hmm. accent work and inhabiting a character in an accent and all that stuff. Um but yeah, it's just I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway when watching Black Swan is she really kind of created and inhabited this character and you really hear it in, mm-hmm. in the scenes when she's just kind of talking at a normal register, not on the verge of tears, which is not often, but um, she's really, she's really giving this like this little girl voice, you know, performance. And then and you see I Jackie think you can, like, I think you can really hear it when she's talking to the other dancers and when they're talking about Winona Ryder's character. Today, I can't believe she's back. Of course she's back. What? She can't take a hint. Company's broke. No one comes to see her anymore. Uh, nobody actually comes to see Bonnet. Full stop. That's not true. I heard the Royal had one of their best seasons yet. He just needs to try something new. That's all. No. Someone new. <laughs> like hey. Like someone who's not approaching menopause. It's sad. What's sad? such a beautiful dancer yeah so is my grandmother <laughs> Fontaine danced into her 50s yeah we know yeah i think that you really get it in those dressing room scenes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i again i love all i love all that stuff of the of the dancers backstage and they're they're huge bags and like, yeah <laughs> um, that just seems so real that's just all like also in the hallways i remember the Kind of when I would go to college and I would take dance classes, I remember those hallways of the concrete, the the concrete walls Mm -hmm. and just dancers and students just kind of sitting Mm -hmm. on the ground right next to them. That kind of. Yeah, just stretching. That definitely brings me back when I would when I would take (laughs) dance classes in college. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when she does get the role Mm -hmm. and it's performance night and she's in her dressing room and it's like that. Just looks like the shittiest little. Dress. Yeah. She has to do her own makeup dressing room. Yes, yeah, doing her own makeup. Yeah, I mean, I think that they brought in a professional to touch up a little bit of when Girl, she, she is came, the black swan. She <laughs> came off stage and they said fifteen minutes, Mama, and she got rid of the black on her whole hands, her face. She got rid of the Alyssa Edwards, <laughs> Julia Fox. I did it myself actually, and then <laughs> went straight back to the white face. Um, I remember as a kid. When I was a little kid in the 80s, Cats Now and Forever was, like, huge. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. It was huge. Mm-hmm. There was commercials on television when it was in Los Angeles. It was, like, see it now at the Amundsen Theater. It's Cats Now and Forever. And because it was so huge, it was kind of everywhere. And then, like, weekend, like, news magazine shows would be like, oh, we have the Cats cast. And they're going to talk about it and all that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of give a little tour, and here's like our shitty backstage. And I'm not noticing that the backstage is like looks crappy. I'm noticing that they're that they're sitting down at their dressing table in the mirror, and they're putting on their own face. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
you know, for a show like Cats, especially, where they're gonna yeah. have like thirty makeup artists like do it. You have, you know, they have to do it all themselves. But I was just, as a kid, I was just like, they gotta do all that themselves. Like that's crazy. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need someone to put my makeup and costume on for me. But even in the eighties, I was like, "Oh, that's something that they just as a as a stage performer, you just have to do all that yourself, you know." Um, and yeah, they sh- they sh- you know they show her putting on her own, the the white the clown the uh, the the clown white. What is it? Um, the Bill Nye, not Bill Nye, Ben Nye, the Ben Nye clown white. Oh white sure, face. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, all that's all that stuff. I was just like, yeah, I think I've, I think that's like that's how it is. I don't I, there, there can't be makeup artists for all these people. Mm-hmm. Not not for a live show. Um, but I was saying that when she comes out in that act where she's the black swan, it looks like kind of looks like a professional makeup job. Oh yeah, as yeah. soon as she's revealed. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> And she and that's when she gives us like the eyes. Mm-hmm. That's when she gives us like the performance the entire time. Toma is like giving her this this whole song and dance about like mm-hmm. seduce us like you're not yeah. giving me like you know anything like, she's really good at being like, uh you're the white swan the white swan give me the black swan let's see the black one yeah. and yep. finally on stage during the performance she falls now she's a black swan and she's just like inhabiting this role on stage he did drop her too mm-hmm. he dropped her it is his fault yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Takes two to drop a <laughs> to drop a dancer. Yeah, Lily is like grabbing his dance belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you better be careful, lady, because that th- that thing is there for a reason. <laughs> and you're <laughs> see everything in those. Fights. I mean, that dance belt. Dance belts are crazy, by the way. It's not a thong. It's a weird. I don't think I've ever actually seen one. What it looks like from behind. I mean, I know that you can see their full butt. It looks like a jockstrap from the front, but from the back, it's just like, boop. It goes, it's like, it's kind of like a G string. Mm-hmm. Like it's a G string, yeah. right? It just goes right up. Okay. They're not sexy. Yeah. They're not made to be sexy. It's like. They're functional. They're functional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But from the front, they look a certain way. From the front, they just look like you're in a jockstrap. But from the back, it's like, that was weird and uncomfortable because it goes right up your crack. Definitely. Um. <laughs> Listeners, YouTube the Matthew Bourne Swan Lake and see all of the beautiful men that they have <laughs> in that one. Yeah, I want to check that mm-hmm. out. Yeah. All right. Um, the last 20 minutes of this movie are out of control. <laughs> I that, think the best part of the movie. Though. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the best part of the movie that it gets me every time. Yeah. We just mm-hmm. want to see the, the show. We want to see the show. <laughs> I love Natalie in the dressing room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her shitty cinder block dressing. Her <laughs> cinder block dressing room of. Yeah. Have you announced it? Nina. What? I've already asked Lily. Have you announced it? After Beth, do you really need another controversy? I'm here tomorrow. I'm doing it. person standing in your way is you. It's time to let her go. Lose yourself. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Natalie well, how she plays she that takes scene. Control, yeah. finally, and you really like, see her character progression. I think it's really in that moment. It's when she leaves her mother's house mm-hmm. after getting locked in her bedroom. And when she sits in that dressing room, mm-hmm. she's just like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just got to put on the Julia Fox makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, the whole stabbing Mila Kunis and putting her in the in the dressing room <laughs> closet. I love it. It's so good. Oh, one other thing I did want to say is I did try to dress a bit like Nina today. I oh, did sure. Oh, I see that. Okay. That thing mm-hmm. And some some leggings so that I would yeah. be but um, what a time for layers, can I we mean, just say? There the, were so the shrug many, situation. So <laughs> and I know that she was, like, wearing the leotard because she had to, plus the shrug to cover her, like, yeah, her back. Yeah, But there were just so many layers. Like, sometimes she was wearing, like, a, a shirt underneath the leotard with the shrug on top. Yeah. And there was so much going on. I always even, remember her coat. Yeah. Her yes. Coat. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, that's the thing, too. It's, like, obviously she's... She's the white swan, mm-hmm. you know. So she's, yeah, she's got, got this got that like feather boa. Yeah, at the beginning. and it's like the coat's like it's pink, but it's a very light pink. So so depending on how you're watching it, it could look it could look white. And then yeah, there's this like feather boa situation going on, and it's very it's very like sparkly and girly and all that. And then you know Lily comes in and she's just like she wears black clothes, mm-hmm. she wears dark clothes, and and like she has dark eye makeup and like all that tattoo stuff. on the back of the wings. So, yeah. 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 I'm like, is, not it, subtle. is it a bad tattoo? Yeah, not <laughs> subtle. Yeah. Not subtle. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, um, when when Barbara Hershey does see, you know, her little like chicken skin rash and she's just like, you wear shrugs. You'll just wear the shrugs. You'll wear, you'll wear this one and then you wear that one. And, she, and, and it's just that character of just like, I know your entire wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I bought it for you. Like, yeah. you know, like I know what you're going to wear. I know. And then when she goes... And cuts her nails oh. with scissors. That part <laughs> when you were playing the trailer earlier, I like just full body yeah. cringe Ooh, yeah. hearing that noise. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the whole the shrug situation, the all again, the leg warmers, the like all that stuff. When she goes out to dinner with Lily and Lily pulls out the little black top, because um, Nina just left the house. She was just, she mm-hmm. just grabbed her bag. She left as is. So Nina's like, I got a little top. Go put this little top on. And this top is nothing. It is yeah. straps and <laughs> nothing. And then she puts it on top of her clothes, more layers. <laughs> yeah. She can't stop. But not only that, she put it on top of her clothes and it was so small, so nothing that she put something out over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, girl, oh my goodness. She's probably very cold though. Yeah. Like we said, no body fat, no food. Mm-hmm. She's just like, that's why she has to wear all those layers. That's She's so freezing. <laughs> yeah, but um, the wardrobe is very, it's so specific to this dance world, right. to these girls, to this, or these women, this, these characters mm-hmm. that they have to, you know, they dress her and all that. But yeah, these, the sparkly little shrugs, I loved all that over. Um, I mean, just the look of the black swan. It was, I mean, it was a huge pop culture moment. Of just oh, yeah. the, uh, the poster of Natalie, yeah, just mm-hmm. as the Black Swan. Yeah. Well, again, it did uh-huh. influence Alyssa yep. Edwards. I mean, they they did it on RuPaul's Drag yeah, Race for yeah. one of the musicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the black and white and all that. It was a moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think yeah, I think still it's it's very recognizable mm-hmm. and just Natalie and the styling of the um the the headpieces with the feathers like yes. coming around and it's just so beautiful. I remember watching. When the movie started, there's a dance sequence, and she is wearing a 
tutu that's past her knees. Mm-hmm. And then she starts doing some like faster and faster pirouettes. I can't remember what character that is in Swan Lake who she's dancing with. It mm-hmm. morphs uh-huh. into like the sticky outy mm-hmm. tutu. Yeah. Because it started and I was like, I don't like a tutu. These are, are all these are the all knee. very technical terms. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Knee tutu to sticky outy tutu. <laughs> you know? I was like, I don't like a tutu that goes below the knee. What's up with that? And then all of a sudden, I like looked away and looked back, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> there's like there's a little shorty one. Um, but that's kind of the cool thing about this the effects in this movie. There was a lot of interesting things when she's doing these pirouettes and she, her arms turn into the wings and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. So cool. Lots of yeah. like motion. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's like, I mean, not to say that special effects work like that is easy but you know with with things like fast motion and motion blur and all that and dance yeah these quick movements it's kind of like your eye just accepts it a little bit more than just like my arm is turning into a wing um but it's so cool and very effective you know when you watch it mm-hmm. and so again i don't know the real terms of, of these of these the lengths of these tutus but i like i like the little shorty sticky outy ones <laughs> It kind of reminds me of just because you were talking about Jennifer Lawrence earlier in uh, Catching Fire, the second Hunger Games mm-hmm. movie. She comes out and she's dressed like the Mockingjay and she's one full black. And then mm-hmm. she does this whole thing about like, oh, I was supposed to get married. And she spins around <laughs> and the dress goes up in flames. Mm-hmm. And then she's like wearing this oh, like yeah, white feathered right. wedding dress. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely reminds me of that visually. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, and in in Cruella, she just drops the match. Yeah. And she's just standing there. She doesn't move at all. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like she's engulfed in flames. <laughs> How is she not getting third degree burns right now? Science, <laughs> yeah, it's called science. Look it up. But the, Amy, but in Mockingjay, she does, she does like mm-hmm. she spins and it becomes. Amy yeah. Westcott did the costumes for this movie. It's oh, okay. like she's done a few things with Darren Aronofsky. Interesting. Okay. Is uh, is Matthew Lee Batik Darren Aronofsky's go to? Yeah, DP? I think he's oh, okay. he shot a majority of his movies, okay. at least all of his newer stuff. Like he just did, uh, I think he did the whale. Um, I don't know if he did the fountain. Have you seen the fountain? I have not. I've only seen the whale. I think you should see the fountain. Swan. I think oh, you would. Right, I yeah. think you would I'm enjoy sure the fountain. I would. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love and a it's Rachel short. Vice flick. Yeah, it's short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I just rewatched A Star Is Born, which is mm. also shot by Matthew Lee Batiste. Okay, I really like the cinematography on that movie. I know it's uh, people have conflicting opinions about that because <laughs> it's all close ups, but I love it that it's all close ups. So I think that's such a such an interesting choice. I mean, he yeah. shot Don't Worry Darling, so I would be willing to bet that he probably directed most of Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> From what I have read online <laughs> about saying. Olivia Wilde's <laughs> involvement with directing <laughs> that movie. Miss Flo directed mm-hmm. all of her yeah, scenes. Miss Flo did her stuff. Yep. Well, Don't Worry Darling is a gorgeous looking movie. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely yeah. is. Um, this cinematographer, Matthew, I mean, his... IMDb is wild. He's done yeah. those. He's movies. done a lot of different types of movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. Birds of Prey. He did the first. He Iron did do. Man. I mean, he pretty much has done everything that yeah. uh, Darren Aronofsky's ever done. Uh-huh. He did Iron Man and Iron Man Two. Um, did he do Charlie's Angels? He might have done Charlie's Angels, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. But um, he's constantly working. I think Oscar he's got to keep busy so he stays. Oscar nominated for <laughs> both Black Swan and yeah. A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, say that again. Oh, uh, he got in. A, oh, me. Yeah, Harper, yeah. He yeah. got in a little trouble a couple of years ago. I think he got in a fight oh. somewhere. Like he got, he was like arrested for. Oh. Uh, so I think maybe he just works. Needs, a lot. To, stay yeah, needs to stay busy. <laughs> Does he have a, a controversy page on his? <laughs> a controversy might. tab on his IMDb. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, 
He is uh, his uh, his family's from the Philippines. He's been oh, these got divorced. Okay, um, yeah, this movie's technically oh yeah, it looks great, amazing, mm-hmm. and it's and it holds up. Uh, let me say this: our Blu-ray mm-hmm. is like uh, one of the very so first this was Blu-ray. one of the first Blu-rays <laughs> I ever bought. I think it was probably like the second or third disc I ever owned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this disc just quits playing. It just stops. Halfway through <gasps> yeah. the movie. So I have to go to our SD digital copy that came with the disc on our Apple. So it's, a, so it's a standard definition digital copy because gotcha. it was so early in the digital copy days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look that great. And just early in Blu-rays in general just yeah. because it, my, my copy has just stopped working. Too. Yeah. And yeah. it pretty much freezes that you can't watch any of the movie. Yeah. After you watch half of it. Wow. And I checked, there's no smudges, there's no scratches, there's nothing on it. There needs to be a nice edition of this. Mm-hmm. There like has to criteria. be a new there has to be a newer like I mean pressing, there's a, there's like a newer print a after after these ones, but there needs to be like a Scream Factory. I mean, this could be Scream Factory, just because <laughs> just this is a factory. genre movie. Yeah. Scream Factory, Criterion. Mm-hmm. But we could also just purchase it digital again. Yeah. And I don't know if any of Darren Aronofsky's movies have gone to Criterion, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, which mm-hmm. one would which one would it be? Like Requiem, maybe? Yeah, probably. probably yeah. And they just did a big 4K transfer of Requiem, too. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did, okay, so they probably haven't done a 4K release of, of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that you missed Mother when it came yeah, out. I, I feel like the perfect time to see Mother was opening day <laughs> at like one o'clock before you really started to read the reviews, so you really went in cold. Uh-huh. And that's when I saw it. That's perfect. Yep. Yeah. I I do think I would like to watch that movie at some point. It does feel it's, like me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's a great movie. I admire what he's trying to do mm-hmm. is that he makes a kooky art house movie and it was just in malls across America. <laughs> That they sold this movie as a Jennifer Lawrence star vehicle, right. which I yeah. think is kind of cool. The movie's kind of a mess, but I admire what he was trying with it. Mm-hmm. I did not see it, but I just – you told me everything I needed to know. I feel like I would have been very upset if I did go. Jennifer Lawrence is playing like <laughs> Mother Nature. It's a whole thing. There's all of these like – Like people in the house. Earth allegories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Michelle yeah. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer is really good. And she's kind of a servant. It. Mm-hmm. Okay. Michelle. Oh wow. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Any Did kind of. Oh, watch, what's that? Sorry, just Michelle Pfeiffer. I have to ask. Um, First Lady. On... No, she plays Betty Ford, yes, right? She's so okay. good as Betty Ford. Okay. Highly recommend. We saw Quantumania. Oh, how was which, that? I not heard great. It wasn't great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not good. Mm-hmm. I'm an. It was not good. I'm an Ant Man uh, fan. I liked. I love the first Ant Man movie, and it just completely. Everything that I love about the first Ant Man movie is nowhere to be seen in this. Mm-hmm. They just said, "Remember how we made a really cool, different MCU movie? We're gonna make a just exactly cookie cutter, regular old MCU movie now." And yeah, it was boring. Yeah, I worry for Jonathan Majors because he's having such a moment right now. But it yeah. feels like all of his movies are kind of like flopping. Like, yes. I hope Creed Three is good. I haven't. I'm not. I, I'm not totally tapped into the reviews on that. But yeah, um, but like he did Devotion, which I did see in the theater. Mm. Um, oh, with him and uh, what's his name from Top Gun, Glenn Powell. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it when Glenn Powell plays a pilot. <laughs> oh yeah, so now it's always. becoming his thing. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, uh, Devotion and Top Gun, and he also did um, Hidden Figures. Okay. He was, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but 
Yeah, so Devotion and uh, Creed Three mm-hmm. and Quantumania, and he also has another movie that like magazine or something that was really big at Sundance, but kind of mixed. Like sure. it feels like all of his stuff is getting kind of mixed reviews. Yeah. And I, I just you know, I love him so much as an actor. I think he's like a really great actor, Same. but he just keeps getting in these projects that are kind of Yeah. And I really loved Lovecraft Country oh, and I was yeah. so excited for it and I felt like it kinda came and went. Mm-hmm. There, he he got an Emmy nomination, got a lot of Emmy nominations, none of them won. Um, and then I think people kind of were like, oh, yeah, it didn't get picked up, and now it's kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Now it's on Tubi. Now it's on Tubi. <laughs> oh, and man. I had heard that he was kind of one of the best parts of Quantumania, and his performance was not my favorite mm. in the movie. But I still like him. Well, I so. think you're going to get a lot more of him. As I character. think we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we move on to – we're going to discuss the Oscars – Sure. Yeah. Is there anything that we kind of left unturned about Black Swan? I don't know. I think I, I, think I hit all my talking points. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I think that this movie is a lot of fun. Um, last 20 minutes of the movie, total serve. It's so good. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I, yeah, I like I mentioned, I saw this movie three times in the theater. Mm-hmm. Lost my damn mind for it. And it was a fun movie to revisit because I just hadn't seen it in a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still look away every time Winona Ryder grabs that nail file. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen. But yeah. Yeah. I kind of touched on this, but lots of mirrors. I just think that's Mm -hmm. like such a a visual motif that's all the way through. Um, Like from the very beginning. And this is another thing too, is I didn't remember how she seemed crazy immediately in this movie. (laughs) Right. Like, um, yeah. Like in my memory of this movie, it's more progr- it progresses. Right. But then watching it again this week, I was like, it oh, starts. it's just right from the yeah. beginning. And yeah. so like she she goes into the bathroom and comes out or whatever. And on the mirror, it says horror across mm-hmm. the mirror. Mm-hmm. And so big like, meme moment. Yeah. Memes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when um, that when that part happened in the movie, it's like we're just like there, there, it, is, there, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Yep. Um, yeah, but so there's that. And then, uh, she, when she's on the subway, putting the lipstick on, that's mm-hmm. also a reflection. And then at the end, she's clearly, she stabs herself with right. a shard of mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just throughout, there are other points where mirrors are in the movie throughout. And it's just, um, obviously with the, the concept of the double, it right, makes sense. Right. Um, it just made me think like, oh, like if I was still in film school, like this would be the essay. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, going back, going back to Psycho and the use of the like the mirrors. To, oh yeah, to to talk about the character and their different sides of them and all. That. There's a big uh, a noir Orson Welles movie too, where they used mirrors a lot. I can't remember the name of it. And then the best example: the mirror has two faces. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do it. Um, all right. I think that just about does it for our Black Swan portion. Mm-hmm. We're going to have you on for a bonus episode where we talk, where we get into the Oscar conversation a little more. A deep dive. A little more of a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, Black Swan, thank you so much for in, for joining us for this episode. Yes. It's weird to say thank you for joining us because we are in your apartment. But... Right. <laughs> we, yes. came over, we came over today. Thank you for coming here. We decided to not to have you brave you. the yes, rain. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely but yeah this was this was so much fun black swan what a ride oh still so good i loved it it's, yeah it is still really bisexual cinema i think it's kind I of guess. i think it's important to, to kind of the representation mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely we didn't even touch on that but yeah so good but yeah thanks for having us or thanks for for coming on this was so much fun and um 
Yeah, we'll have you on again for some for another fun movie in the future. It's been too long. Yes, but I'm always happy to chat with you guys about. Yeah. Oh man, you were last on for our Moulin Rouge Moulin episode. Rouge. That was an yeah. er, that was right before the pandemic. Like you were wow. one of the last handfuls of guests that we had over to our apartment in 2020 wow. to record episodes with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The old HQ in Pasadena. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, um, it's time to to bid you adieu. Thanks again. And until next time. Bye. Bye. And thanks again for listening, everybody. As always, another great episode. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Harper, for joining us. She's got some great hot takes. Love that, Harper. She's so good. And go over and listen to Hawkeye's podcast while you're at it. Um, Also, keep in mind, we are going to have Harper on again for a a special Oscar episode. So um, we've got some Oscar predictions with Harper and Scott. That's going to be coming at you very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. But until then, I think it is about that time. Time for some Patreon shoutouts. So uh, we would love to say a big, great big thank you and hello to our wonderful patrons, including Dan Frankfurter, Whirly Flower, Lori, Brenna, Jess Rabbit, Lawrence, Danielle, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Heather, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Oh my goodness, thank you guys so much for being patrons. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay to check out all the supplemental materials that we are offering. We have tons of Watch With Us commentaries. We uh, create special commentary tracks to go along with some movies. We teach you how to sync them up with the movie, or you can just listen to them as a bonus episode. But it's really, really fun when you watch them along with the movie. It's like you're watching the movie with us, and we're just gabbing the whole time. Throw some popcorn at us. Tell us to shit up. But, uh, yeah. Uh, all the donations that uh, we receive from our wonderful patrons go directly to keeping this podcast on the air uh, every week and commercial free. So head over and check that out. We would really love it. And we would love if you would like and subscribe to the show um, on any of your podcasting platforms, uh, Spotify or Apple Music in particular. That really helps us out a lot if you subscribe. And uh, if you're on either of those two, give us five stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a review and maybe we'll read or we will read it on an upcoming episode. You can follow us on any social media platform. We are on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And we are on Twitter at MTMUG Pod. If you'd like to follow our socials, feel free. My name is Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna. On Instagram and Twitter, uh, Scott is uh, at Scott Youngballer on Instagram, and you can give him a follow on Letterbox. Just look him up, uh, Scott Youngbauer. So, thank you so much, everybody. Until next time, uh, bye.